0: The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel, according to Mark. Praise At that time, John said to Jesus, Teacher, we saw someone driving out demons in your name, and we tried to prevent him because he does not follow us. And Jesus replied, do not prevent him. There is no one who performs a mighty deed in my name who can at the same time speak ill of me. For whoever is not against us is for us. Anyone who gives you a cup of water to drink because you belong to Christ, amen, I say to you, will surely not lose his reward. Whoever causes one of these little ones Believe in me to sin, it would be better for him if a great millstone were put around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter into a life maimed than with two hands to go to Gatana. And to the unquenchable fire. And if your foot causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to enter a life crippled than with two feet to be thrown into Gehenna. And if your eyes cause you to sin, pluck it out. For better you to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than with two eyes. To be thrown into Gehenna, where their worm does not die, and the fire is not quenched, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord
1: Jesus it is not uncommon in the human experience to find that if we possess something of great value that we can begin to resent people who might also possess that same thing. We would like to think of ourselves as being somewhat exclusive. That can be particularly true with talent. When there's a certain talent, one would like to think that one were greater than others. And if someone else comes along with a greater talent, we begin to resent that. The competition seems unpleasant. It is, of course, pride, but that's the human condition sometimes. I remember, I wasn't going to tell this story, but since I started it, I might as well. When I was in the seminary in college, the rector was doing the Church Unity Octave. In those days, the Church Unity Octave was a eight, we still have it, eight days in which we prayed for the conversion of other Christian groups who had left the church to return by name. And the rector said one day when he was a young priest, they were, they were praying the church in the octave, and it was the day when they were praying for the conversion of Anglicans. And there was a little old Irish lady sitting right in front of him at daily mass. And she wasn't praying. He went up to her afterwards and said, Now can you tell me why you weren't praying for the conversion of Anglicans? And She said, Oh, Father... The church is too good for the likes of them. Uh, That tension between the English and the Irish just doesn't go away. But you get the idea, that idea that somehow this is mine and you shouldn't have it because I don't like you or because in some way I would consider you inferior. That was true in today's first reading with Moses. And Moses wants all the people to be prophets. Even though Joshua resented the fact. The two of them who weren't there were actually given his spirit. Today's gospel. John, see, we always think of St. John as being that meek, sweet young man. He isn't. He's one of the sons of thunder with his brother James. And he's the one who also wanted to bring down fire upon the Samaritans who wouldn't let, wouldn't let them pass through their town. John comes to, comes to our Lord and says, Teacher, We saw someone driving out demons in your name, and we tried to prevent him because he does not follow us. And our Lord then says, do not prevent him. There is no one who performs a mighty deed in my name who can at the same time speak ill of me. Our Lord knew that man that John was speaking of. Not personally. He probably never met him. But he knew him. And after all, the man was casting out demons in his name. He knew the power was being used. His power. He He knew the man as he knows all of us. And he says, whoever is not against us is for us. We are all then called to be prophetic. And we shouldn't resent the fact that we are, that someone does. I think sometimes we are a little afraid to be and we resent those who aren't. There are some, I think, who are more aggressive. Of course, it's not easy to tell, is it, how one should deal with individuals very often. Sometimes we can say something be very direct and it would be very productive. Other times we can't because we know that it wouldn't be, depending upon the openness of the person. That's a difficult decision to make sometimes. I know sometimes when I'm out, there'll be somebody who will want to speak to me about the church, and I always have to think now, how do I approach this person? Directly, or do I approach them indirectly? Remember what St. Francis said um, we must preach the gospel always, sometimes even using words. But we can always preach it. And we must be able to do that. But our Lord then goes on in this gospel. And he speaks, secondly, about the scandals that will come. He says they will come, and then he warns about them, about those who cause them. The better for him of a great millstone, imagine a millstone, the size of a millstone to grind wheat, were put around his neck and he were thrown into the sea. And then he speaks of, an, he uses something that to us seems strange, a form of what is called Semitic hyperbole exaggeration. Remember, the Hebrew language had no superlative. So in order to express it, they had to exaggerate. They would say things that, if you take literally, would be really be outrageous. But the, the, Jew, the Jewish mind would understand it perfectly. It's one of the difficult things about reading the scriptures. We tend to read it as how shall I put it? Anglo-Saxons. We read it as though it we're Anglo-Saxon law. And it isn't that way, necessarily. We all have to be very dis, dis, discerning when we read it. That's one of the strange things to know about the difference between Anglo-Saxon law and Roman law, something we have difficulty with. In Anglo-Saxon law, everything is written down, that's the letter, and you follow that. In Roman law, they give you an ideal towards which you are supposed to aspire. It's a rather different thing. So that you might have the same law and the same books, but it would be interpreted differently by the people who were reading it. In any event, he speaks very dramatically in such a way as that you can't miss what he's saying. He says, if your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. The, our Lord is not telling us that we should commit um, bodily mutilation, which is a sin, by the way. To mutilate the body unnecessarily, unless there's an organ that has some pathology, is a grave sin. Uh, and today that's another We've forgotten that. And we seem to want to mutilate our bodies for convenience sometimes sterilization, for instance. He uh, said, so cut it off. What he's saying to us, by, and if your eye causes you to sin, pluck it out. Uh, what he means by that simply is that you must not, nothing must get in the way of God's love for you and your love for him. Nothing. Anything that is in the way must be cut off in that sense. Any part of me, any part of my, my spirituality that is in some way an obstacle to my love of God or his love for me, must not be part of my life and if your foot causes you to sin cut it off and so on these are the gospels we find difficult when our Lord speaks about the absolute nature of his love for us and our love for him and he speaks about judgment about the reality of that judgment and we have to face that too I think sometimes we've forgotten that in our modern world we always seem to think that it doesn't really matter um, we th- misunderstand God's mercy. God's mercy is there so that if we reach out for us, we reach out for it, his justice uh, then will not destroy us. That's one of the wonderful things, let's say, for instance, about purgatory. We find both the justice of God and the mercy of God. And we're always seeing that in our lives. Like, God warns us. He says, I don't want you, I don't want you to be lost I want to show you my mercy, but you must open yourselves up to my mercy before I can give it to you. I was saying the other day that today we want, you know, only tolerance and acceptance of everything. No matter how intolerable it is or how unacceptable it is, we would like to think that it's tolerable and acceptable. When in fact, uh, it isn't all. Uh, It's nothing more than indulgence and betrayal. I would have people come to me and say that I'm living this sort of life. These are people who really have been deceived by their culture. And they would expect me to accept that. And they expect the church to accept that. Especially in these days. And my response to them always is, whatever it might be, you've come to me asking for what you think is tolerance and mercy. You aren't asking for that. What you're asking for me is indulgence and betrayal. I will not betray you, even if the world betrays you, even if your friends betray you, uh, even if you betray yourself, I will not. And this gospel is what this is all about. These things in our lives have to go. It may cause us pain. It may cause us grave inconvenience. But the love and the freedom that comes from it is so much greater if we only realized it. And when you see someone who does finally realize that, it's a great joy. But we should all understand that in our lives. Because most of us have things in our lives that are socially acceptable. And we're rather pleased with ourselves. Uh, But we have to be constantly looking into our lives for those things that keep us from God. And keep us from moving on into the perfection to which he's called us and the joy that should be ours. The Eucharist is the ultimate realization of that joy and that freedom. And he comes to us and says, let nothing stand in the way of your coming to me. Let nothing stand in the way of the joy that we can receive only by my entering into you. I remember a um, poet by the name of Sir Philip Sidney. I think he came somewhere between Chaucer and Shakespeare. Which is a long gap, I think, but he he said, if I can recall it, he said, leave me, O love, which reaches but to dust, and thou, my mind, aspire to higher things. Grow rich in that, which never takes on rust. Faded things but fated pleasure brings. Then farewell, world. Thy uttermost I see. Eternal love, maintain thy life in me. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come before you as the people redeemed by the cross of your Son, trusting in your love and mercy. For the church throughout the world, that her members will always be visible signs of the power of God working through her, and particularly through the Eucharist. For the strengthening and healing of the church in our own country, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For our nation and all nations of the world, they will listen to the prophets among them. We pray to the the Lord. For all those who are sick and suffering, for those who are dying, for those who are confused or depressed, that they may know the healing power of God, for those who are greatly tempted, for those who have lost faith, we pray to the Lord. Lord hear our prayer. For greater respect for human life, especially in the womb and at the end, we pray to the Lord. Lord. For an increase in vocations to priesthood in the consecrated life, especially from our own parish and diocese. For those young men and women who will accept the prophetic role to which they are called. For a greater reverence for the prophetic nature of marriage in the single life, we pray to the Lord. Lord hear our for our bishop, priests, deacons, and seminarians, and for the American hierarchy. During these difficult times, they may first of all become holy themselves and then proclaim the kingdom of God. We pray to the Lord. Lord hear our prayer. For the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, for all who have died in the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster, eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. Amen. May they rest in peace. Amen. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. God, rest peace. For those who suffer from scandal and those who have caused it, we pray to the Lord. Lord hear our and finally, for all of us here, that our lives will reflect the great gifts that we have received, particularly the gift of the sacraments, we pray to the Lord. Lord hear our We now join our prayers to those of the Queen of Prophets as we sing.